0: And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th rank UMass Minute Man. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis declines for the tie. Oh, wow! Puts it on the deck. Head fake shoots. Oh, <laughs> We are back for season two, episode three of the Frontline Fanatics podcast. We've been going at about a month, uh, month and episode trend. And I I think we're going to try to improve that a little bit. But, you know, you guys know it's a busy time, busy life. Exciting news. We were just a guest on another podcast for the first time ever. So Mm -hmm. shout out to uh, the boys from Lux's Litterbox, which is a Davidson podcast. They just had us on, which was exciting. And, and Aggie and I said, hey, why not get on and record some stuff for you guys after that? So we're excited oh, yeah. to be back. Aggie, what's going on? How you doing? And uh, what's new, man?
1: Good. I mean, we're, we're more than due for another episode, obviously. Since we last spoke, Richmond has had a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups, I would say. Uh, your boy is a two-time COVID survivor. Got that that Omicron right out of the way, right when it was coming in hot. Yeah. Got the Delta, got the Omicron. I'm just waiting for the next, the next variant, but all good over here, you know. We're back we are in the heart of the college basketball season the a10 is eating itself up once again with davidson staying up on top after davidson beat richmond and then vcu in very close games to close out those two games and those are nice ones for davidson's tough losses for the, both of the richmond schools but we don't need to hop right into that game but i just kind of want to get a feel of where are you at with this team right now like what is your feeling about the team what is your feeling about the season so far
0: yeah. So, ooh, okay. So the last time that we uploaded was December. I think it was literally December 1st. So I almost felt like pull back up the schedule to just make sure I'm talking about the games that have happened since then. But look, I think, like you said, I think of ups and downs, a way to categorize it. I think we recorded last right after that horrible blowout to St. Joe's to start conference play. And since then, I think we've kind of just run par for the course. I mean, we beat Or We we lost to to St. Louis on the road, and I think both of us would have thought that would be the case. We beat a bad UMass team at home. We lost to Davidson at home and beat uh, a bad Fordham team on the road. I think the most disappointing part about that stretch is obviously, one, we missed two games because of COVID uh, postponements from the other team. But I think the big one is the Davidson game, right? I mean, Davidson has emerged out of nowhere as the team to beat in the A-10. They've been... Really surprisingly great. They've got a great resume and they're trending towards being an at-large team. They're a team we've always played really well and had some quiet confidence when they were coming to uh, play us at the Robbins Center last week. We played them well, but in a story you and I have seen written too many times, we let someone get hot, go for a career high, essentially lost at the buzzer. Soccer. Mike Jones, Jordan. So look, man, I mean... I. What I'm feeling right now is that you know this team. I think we we have a pretty good idea of, of what this team is and what what we're about, right? We're a above average offensive team and a poor defensive team, right? Like whatever the stage below below average is, is it, to me that you know poor. It, it, that's where we're at. Look, I think we all knew that this team wasn't going to be physically imposing in the paint. We weren't going to out rebound that many people. We weren't going to block shots. so, You know, we weren't going to be a, a really physical team, but. I spoke about this a little bit earlier tonight. This team, you know, Chris Moody has really just adopted the identity that our team is not going to be physical at all, right? He he keeps talking about how we we recruit skillful players, not athletes, like whatever the hell that means.
1: Terrible, terrible. It just
0: seems like we're not going to take any responsibility for the fact that we just don't have the players that will go out there and out rebound and hustle and give effort. What I think that we're going to see over the next couple of weeks as we get deeper and deeper into conference play is we're going to score a lot of points and we're going to give up a lot of points. And if whenever Gilliard doesn't get a steal, like the defensive possession, who knows what it's going to end up as, right? So yeah, it's just not a style of basketball that I've I found enjoyable to watch mostly because it keeps me on, <laughs> keeps me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Right. And I feel yeah. like you probably feel the same way.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just not a sustainable way to play. Like if I know that every time the opposing team gets down, there's a good chance that they're going to be able to get a bucket because even if they miss, they're going to get the offensive rebound and come back up. It doesn't give you a ton of confidence when the ball is coming back down the core on your end. You're like, okay, we have to, we have to score every possession and then some of the plays that are, I don't even know if you want to call them plays that are being drawn up in these close games when we really need a bucket are just horrible plays. Like for instance, let's go to that Davidson game where we lose on, you know, a buzzer beater, or whatever, last second shot, whatever you want to call it with like 1.7 seconds left. Before the two sequences before that, I think the first sequence was drawing up a Grant Golden three or he had fumbled the ball or something like that. And then the next sequence coming out of a timeout, we're getting Grant a shot, like way out of his comfort zone. If you're calling a timeout, To drop a play, that's just not the play that you want to get. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm just not really confident. I'm kind of in the same place that I've been the entire year where I'm not confident in this team. And I'm even less confident now that I've seen what we do on the defensive end and on the offensive end because we literally live or die by the offense at all times. And that's just for an offense that isn't super prolific and we don't know where the points are going to come from every night. That's not something you really want to rely on.
0: Yeah, well, what's annoying about what you just said is that in that same game against Davidson, we did run a play to get Tyler open for a three when I think we were down four. We got him an open look. He came off a couple screens, hit a shot. I think that was right before we ended up getting the steal to like tie the game. And we know it's there, but for some reason in a couple other possessions, there wasn't a play to get one of our better shot makers open. And instead, like you said, it ended up with Grant taking multiple three pointers where, yeah, sure, he's been shooting them at 40%. uh, But you and I know the history. I mean, he's not a, a known shooter. And there are probably at least three other guys on the court that we'd rather, like besides KO, there's no one else, grants the lowest on the order that we'd want to take deep shots at the end of the game. So I agree with you. I think we could have executed better on the defensive end, or I'm sorry, the offensive end. And then for defense, I mean, you just can't let a guy like Mike Jones, who's just a spot up shooter, just pull threes like that. I mean, even if you've got a hand in his face, quote, quote, like you need to be so in front of that guy that he doesn't feel comfortable taking a shot and has to drive, you know, you've got to make somebody else beat you. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's upsetting that we're not going to get another chance at at Davidson on the road, because I'm sure you feel the same way. I think Davidson on on paper is usually a great matchup for us and we we can always play them well because of the way to play, Um, you know, but instead we already played St. Louis once and we've got another matchup against them at home, which I'm not excited about. Obviously we play (laughs) VCU twice,
1: Um, Yeah, and then,
0: you know, we've got Bonaventure twice too, um, which is scary, and Dayton at home. You know, these are all, these are just not a lot of games you can feel too excited about. So, definitely not. Look, I think if you were to ask anybody where you think Richard would finish in, in conference play, right now, I think, what are we, two and three? Yeah, we're two and three in conference and 11 and seven overall. I mean, I think the bet would be. Right now, probably somewhere around 500, maybe a little over. But, yeah, I mean, not any sense that, you know, we'll finish second in the conference. And I think right now, by standings, we're maybe, got 8, like 8. 6, eight? Six, yeah, seven. So 6, 7, eight. So, you know. Yeah.
1: Looking at the schedule, you're not get- getting super excited about it. And then you hear a quote today from Coach Mooney where he's like, <laughs> they asked him about the at-large bid chance. And he's like, yeah, I think we have a really good chance with the schedule. We have a lot of opportunities for wins. Dude, even if we win out, I don't think... I mean, we have a chance, obviously, but that's not a good chance. Even if we win out the rest of the season, which is not going to happen. How can you look at this schedule With the way we've played this season, we can win these games to get an at-large. It's just, it's, it's fantasy land.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we win out, right, we'll be 14 and three in conference and 20, what is it? 23 and seven overall. So like, yeah, if we literally win out, we'll probably be on yep. the bubble. Like, <laughs> but in what world does that actually like, happen? Yeah, we know that's not going to happen, right? I mean, that would be, two wins over VCU, two wins over St. Bonaventure, a win over a win St. Over Louis, a win over Dayton. Like we And then
1: beating the happen. teams at the bottom of the conference, like LaSalle and GW, who we historically struggle with. Right. Like we look at the that, Fordham game the other night. We kept Fordham in the game for five, six of that game until we pulled away.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So I want to stay optimistic and, and hope that this team can do it. I mean, I think pretty much everyone, you know, all the diehard Richmond fans have essentially written off the rest of the regular season and basically said, look, the, the A-10 tournament is where we're gonna make something happen or not, right? Like either we're gonna win the A-10 tournament, and make it to the championship or sorry, make it to the NCAA tournament, or it's another year of the NIT or the CBI or or God knows what.
1: If the CBI comes back this year, we'd yeah. be honored to accept the invitation.
0: <laughs> so look, it's it's been um it's been weird. We only can hope that the team can get their stride, rack up wins like they did to the end of the non-conference season. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention there are some positives that have happened um, along with some of the negative results of games. I think the two big ones are one, which we can talk about. Jacob Gilliard's offense has just been amazing to watch these last yeah. two games. Yeah. I want to, I want to shout out my buddy, uh, Brighton back. He's, he, he has a meme that hey, there he is. If, if you've seen the, um, like the society if memes, where it's like the, the futuristic society picture with like cars flying around. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like society if Jacob gilliard made open threes. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's so perfect because it's oh like literally things are so much better when that happens. And yeah, the last two games, I think he's put up what is it like 27 and 31. Yeah. Um, and then in the the game past, before that,
1: he was in double digit 17 and then maybe 12 the game before.
0: Yeah. So I don't think he'd scored more than like 17 the entire season. So him being more looked, aggressive on offense. He looked yeah, almost
1: scared to score at times. Like, right. he would come out, take a couple threes, brick, and then he wouldn't, he would get open looks and he would, like, make some crazy pass just so that he didn't have to take the shot. But, yeah, it's great to see him back out there shooting. Keep going. Sorry to cut you off.
0: No, it's just, that's been great. And then the second thing is, we finally found our right starting five, which is not having Isaiah start and having Andre start, right? I mean, look, we liked Isaiah. He was, mm. he was, a, that's fine. Well, I'll hear you in a second, yeah. but look. Yeah, go. Isaiah was great on defense, gave a lot of effort, but man, he started to get really, really rough to watch on offense. Yep. Turning the ball over, being out of control, and on defense, he would come in and foul someone at half court because he was playing too tight. So I think Andre in there is a much better start. I just think it needs to be someone bigger. Like if Jai was healthy, maybe it would be Jai. Maybe it's Crabtree. Perhaps, you just yeah. you just need some size. And so I think those are two positives that I'm curious to hear what you think with the third caveat, the negative that Tyler Burton the last two games yeah, has kind geez. of fallen off a cliff. And
1: yeah,
0: my take on this, and I don't I think I heard Moody hint to this, is that look, we heard what was it, that there were 10 NBA yep. scouts That's what in I was the arena. Say.
1: Yep.
0: And look, I mean, you go to Richmond not thinking you're gonna be on NBA team radar. So look, I yeah. think for Tyler man, I think he got nervous. I think he got psyched out. 100%. Who I, be? I mean, look, if you yeah, and I were be- doing something and we were told that the highest level of people were evaluating what you're doing. Definitely. How are you not going to be nervous? Yeah. It's just natural
1: human instinct.
0: My concern at the same time as these positive things are happening is that is Tyler kind of letting that pressure um, get to him a little bit affect his play. So, uh, you know, what do you, I'm curious what you think about that.
1: Yeah. So I think the Andre point for you is interesting. I think he's taken such a, the injury obviously is going to impact the way he plays, but for me personally, the way he's been playing is just, I'm just not impressed. He really looks like he's taken a step back from the last couple of years. Last game against Fordham was definitely a little bit better on the offensive side, but he's getting burned on defense. He's like not taking great shots on offense. I know again, it's limited play that we've gotten from him, but I just feel like Crabtree doesn't get a true chance in this rotation. Like he'll come in for, you know, five, six minutes. It feels like in real time, maybe it's a little bit more if I look at the box score, but I don't know. I just feel like he's not being fairly evaluated for a guy that they, you know, got in the transfer portal that they wanted here. That's supposed to be a shooter. He's physical. He's bigger. Maybe it's just Mooney's not happy with the way he's playing, but I think he's got to get more minutes. I don't think that Andre is necessarily the answer in that five at the time, but I don't know who else you're going to put in there now that other guys are hurt. Um, That's how I feel about that. On the point of Tyler, I totally agree. I think it's just nerves. Maybe he's in his head a little bit too much. He's thinking too much. There's articles we were talking to a couple of sources that were like, yeah, there were a bunch of scouts at that game against Davidson for him and, and for a couple of Davidson guys. And yeah, like you said, how could you not be nervous about that? And that's just something that you're constantly thinking about now. Like People are watching me every game and not necessarily whether we win or lose. They're looking to evaluate my individual performance. So that's even more on him. Like who cares if Richmond loses? Some part of you has got to think no matter how big of a team guy you are, if you know that people are watching you for the next level to be on the biggest stage in the world for the sport you play, win or lose, if I play well, this is going to help me in my future. So that's just another added part of of the pressure for, for him. And I hope he's able to get out of his head a little bit and, and maybe he can get some help, you know, from the team or whoever, just to, you know, calm him down. And he's still a young kid. He's probably 21 years old, 20 years old. We need him though. As, as good as, as good as Gilly has been taking over the offense. And we love to see that. If we don't have Tyler playing the way that Tyler's played most of the season, being the, you know, the top of the A-10 in scoring, this team, not saying even if he is playing at his best, this team could go to the tournament or to the next level, whatever you want to call it if he's not contributing, there's no chance that this team can go anywhere this season.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And, and I think in a weird way, all that pressure on Tyler has allowed Jacob to play so freely, right? Because he goes into these last couple games and he's like, you know, they're here for Tyler, the 6'7", 230 obvious looking guy. And I'm 5'8", and 120 pounds, not 120, but you know, I'm, I'm a little guy and I'm coming out there and no one cares what I'm doing. And so I'm just going to I'm going to step back and pull up and I'm going to do whatever I want. And I think that's been great, but you're right. It's come at a, come at a cost for Tyler's production. So I think it's going to be critical for Mooney to, you know, show us that he can run our offense in a way that gets our best players shots. Right. I mean, this is something I've harped on for a while that it seems like so often the offense we run can get open shots but it gets open shots for matt grace and for other people right and yeah, it needs for to Nathan get open, ko on the wing like right it needs to get shot open one. shots for our best players and so we need to have a game where we're getting Tyler six good shots in the first half right just yeah. to get him in a rhythm get established something looks exactly yeah. and so i'm gonna be really keyed in the game to see how that how that develops and you're right like look it's not I i don't think it's a big deal and our, our boy um roll spides on Twitter was like look i don't <laughs> He was like, I don't give a shit if it comes at the expense of other people if Gilly's scoring. And he's totally right. Like, at the end of the day, our goal is to score more points the other, than the other team.
1: Yeah. But we and know that... we can that, get it from arguably our best player, it's not a bad thing ever.
0: And if Gilly's not scoring, he impacts the game in so many other ways. If Tyler's not scoring, sure, he's grabbing some rebounds, but he's not really doing much else. So you would rather have, you know, the other scenario.
1: Yeah, so. I totally agree. And even, even on the rebound side of it, he's like a solid rebounder, but he's still there's still times where people are out-rebounding him, so... Yeah, the you know way that contributes sorry, to the game and touches every aspect is very different. Go ahead. What I was
0: thinking today was, I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking about this, but when was like the last time that Richmond had a player that had more than eight rebounds a game? Like I was just thinking about that. do average? I don't have, yeah, like I don't have the answer for you right now and I'm going to pull up um, like um sports reference real quick, but I'm just, I feel like it's been it's really long. Be
1: like, do you think Terry Allen had that many or not even Terry?
0: I don't think so. Um, Three and, days. and well, here's my thing too. And the reason I was thinking about this is because I think of like sheepway at, at uh, Kentucky and like the fact yeah. that he is like a, he's is he averaging like 15 he's, rebounds well, a game?
1: He's, he's built different though.
0: Yeah, of course. But like, I feel like eight rebounds a game is not that much to ask no. for one player. And it, we've just not seen it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so I'm just looking right now, like Tyler, this season is at 7.2, which. beast. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's not eight. Last year, Tyler was at seven point six, and Grant was only at six, which is brutal. that's crazy. Yeah, man, wow. So okay, so I'm back <laughs> at I'm I'm back at eighteen, nineteen, and still nothing. Nelson to Dota in 2015. So TJ Klein in 2016, 17 had seven point eight, but we're still not in yeah, around. We're still not
1: there yet. We're still not there.
0: We're still not there in. I didn't I' have to go this far. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm at. I am in 2014-15. So look, I'm not gonna make everybody sit through this, but I think my point is that just going back to what I said earlier, <laughs> I would just love so much to recruit a guy that does nothing but rebound the ball. Like yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care if he looks like the biggest <laughs> like misfit in the offense. If he looked like he, that kid that went viral
1: when he fell on the court, the giant kid in the D three, who literally tripped on his own shoes, but then he made like one sick dime. If we just have a guy that can get boards, like. You know how much that changes the game? We already have one or two guys at a time on the court that only can get certain shots to actually score. So if we just but they don't rebound. We love Nathan KO. He's the man, but if he's not inside five feet from the bucket, let's be honest, the chance he gets a bucket is not good. So you you replace him with a guy that can get 12 rebounds a game. You know how much of an impact that makes? And it will also help the other guys get open. Like I know it's kind of a hack a shack mentality, but we just don't get any second chance opportunities
0: on offense. So it's it would make such a big difference. I'm back in 2000, 2009, <laughs> and we still don't have anybody that's averaged oh, eight rebounds. On. But now no. I'm like, now I'm just looking at the total total rebounds per game, and just kind of comparing it to now for like team right now. And this is actually kind of crazy. This season, with we're averaging thirty two total rebounds a game, which is three hundred twentieth in the nation. Which again is abysmal. not the worst, not the worst, yeah, but it's abysmal. No, it's but really like weird. I w- I was back in twenty twelve and. We only had twenty-seven rebounds a game, which is three hundred and twenty second. <laughs> so it's like that's crazy. But what this shows to me is that this is just such a obvious, repeatable trend. And like, yes, of course, we sacrifice things on offense to be able to or I'm sorry, on defense to be able to have a better offense. But yeah, look, anyone who watches anyone who watches these games, there's so many wide open, uncontested light uncontested yeah. second chance opportunities. And it's just like at what point are these guys going to just take it <laughs> Just personal? do it. Do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, we talked about with, with the guys we were on the podcast on earlier, like Jacob is the only guy that seems to have taken this stuff personal right now and been like, look, I am mad. I'm going to come out here and do everything I can to make it so that we don't lose any more games. And you just want to yeah. see that fight from these other Everyone. guys. From-
1: yeah. I mean, he looks like a man on a mission right now. Like, I don't want to keep harping on guys for you know, bad performances. Like I said earlier in the week on Twitter, it could just be people are hot, people are cold. But, you know, even Grant, the last couple of games hasn't been great. KO hasn't been great the last couple of games. And maybe that is because Jacob's taking more shots, but I don't know. I, w- I want to see Jacob be able to score and do what he's been doing while getting everyone else involved. Because that's the only way this team is going to make any noise when it, when it comes down to later in the season in the tournament. So,
0: yeah, and, I don't know. And- we got
1: a lot of basketball to play still, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not super. We're just such a streaky team that doesn't play defense. And those teams don't tend to to make runs.
0: I, I agree completely. Uh, I just, I don't think there's anything more I can say than the fact that you're right. If we're not, if we're not hitting our, our threes, we're, we're not going to be able to out defend anybody. That's what happened with St. Joe's like in the first conference game. I mean, we just, we didn't make our shots. They made their shots and we got blown. Bodied, out. Our bodied.
1: I don't know. We clearly don't have the solutions, but maybe we have some recommendations that uh, <laughs> could be, could be listened to. But again, it's, it's another year and it's the same it's the same stuff that we've been talking about for how many years now? Four or five yeah. years?
0: Longer, man. Longer. Six, Something, seven, something's
1: got to change at some point.
0: Well, I'm not and, saying it,
1: but something's got to change.
0: And what's scary is that I, I've started to think more and more about what next year is going to look like, right? Oh. And there's a very realistic scenario that oh, look, obviously, all the we have four starters gone. I'm sorry, three starters gone, definitely. And Nick's gone, a key key bench player. Tyler Burton is probably right now more likely to declare for the draft or transfer than to stay at richmond like i think it's pretty obvious that we can assume he's not coming back next year i mean he's unless he capitalize. wants to
1: have like a ben simmons lsu type season where he yeah. is on a terrible team and wants to just dominate
0: but he's got to capitalize i think i mean I, the, on the last broadcast people are saying like he's projected or mocked as a second round pick
1: yeah i saw that so I, crazy i feel like
0: he's got to take advantage of that so, so he's going
1: to declare and maybe get drafted or go to a school where he can better develop for the pro for, yeah. for, for the and pro so, level
0: I think at a very minimum we're looking at losing four starters, you know, five key rotational players. And I mean, where does that leave us next year? You know, it, it's scary. Like, how do you feel about you know a lineup that's like Isaiah Wilson, Jai, Jai, Crab Gustafson, Crabtree, Crab and, and, Matt, and Grace. Matt Grace, right? Like, so yeah, he,
1: South South has got one more year, Or he Yeah, he's got a year,
0: but he hasn't played. You can't, he can't he can't even crack yeah, the played.
1: rotation. I know, which is brutal,
0: man. And
1: (laughs) you know what's crazy that we have so many guys that just don't even touch the floor
0: yeah yeah and you know you've got the freshmen that are red shirting but it it, this is gonna look bad this year and and for you just gotta hope that mooney can turn it around and get the most out of this class because we're looking at he
1: needs some momentum to be like hey look what i did last year we made a run right i know we might be bad for a year or two or three or four i mean we're looking at
0: a handful of years. So unless we hit the transfer portal, which you and I know unless we doesn't just act- dominate
1: the transfer portal, but I don't, yeah, I don't think I don't see that happening. Yeah. I mean, looking forward to the future for me, it's like if I'm at the athletic director and this is the team that was supposed to get it done and take us to the tournament, whatever you want to call it.
0: The last two years, by the
1: way, the last two years, maybe three, I mean, I don't like to speculate about the COVID year. I know everyone does on every ESPN broadcast and that kind of bothers me. It's like, we have no idea what would have happened. It's but like on, the, on their notes
0: page on the first thing to bring it's
1: up. It's like, maybe, maybe not. But what I think is like, look, this is what we're doing with this team. Let's say we make a run. Great. But if we don't, it's like this coach can't get it done with this team that he has. And look at the next, next year or two that you can actually project a roster with the recruits we have. How can you think it's going to get better? Obviously, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So then why don't you just try something else? Why don't you try someone else? Try, even if you're going to keep him, like enough of the Princeton offense. Oh my God. Every ESPN plus broadcast. Oh, he went to Princeton. Oh, this guy is commentating, played in a Princeton offense 35 years ago and so effective. And then I watch us do it. and We're just passing it around for terrible shots or turnovers. It's like, oh God, something's got to change, please.
0: Yeah, we get like one backdoor cut kind of game and they're like, there it is. Trademark, hallmark Princeton offense. And I'm like, guys, come on. <sighs> So, you can tell we're venting our frustration. There,
1: <laughs> yeah, but... like we're literally just sighing on the pod right now. But, but look, and I'm sure can... that's how a lot of other people feel too. Like, Yeah,
0: we can go for 30 minutes just airing our grievances. That should be able to tell you something. And, you know, um, we'll definitely you know direct you guys to the podcast we just recorded with the Davidson guys because they brought on um, a guy named Matt from the, the VCU scene. They've got like a really big following. And I mean, we talked a little bit about you know, just the, the fandom and, and kind of relationship between VCU fans and Richmond fans. And there, there were a lot of similar parallels about kind of how the Richmond fan base and VCU fan base use their own teams and things like that. And I, I think it be a really pivotal time at the end of this year. If, if they decide to make a change, I mean, it could be a whole shift. People could transfer, people could get out of there, but yeah. if they don't make a change, we're going to, we know what's going to come. So it's like the lesser of two evils almost. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: So we'll see what happens. Do you have
0: anything else? No, I just, look, hopefully we, we can come out and, and head out to Philly and, and beat LaSalle. Kick the crap
1: out of LaSalle.
0: We yeah, need to. Then... We, need
1: to do, we can't stop playing down to these opponents. I, I know that we've been doing that for years, and a lot of times we'll get up for the big games, but not as much as we get down for the bad games. So, like, we need yeah. to go in there and literally pump them. I know they're going to have the smoke machine, which everyone knows about at LaSalle, which is great, but we need we need to beat them handily.
0: And then after that, kind of an underrated uh, road game at Rhode Island, yeah, which is tough always one. right tough place to play. I mean, you know, like we used to think about like our boy Jared Terrell back in the day. Like, yeah, you know, throw,
1: shout out Imagine. Rhode Island.
0: Rhode Island would always be a tough matchup, and and you know they're not that great this year, but doesn't mean we can take it for granted. And then looming in front of us is um, a week from from uh, Saturday is uh, the VCU game at home, and and that's what obviously is going to be huge for us. And you can only hope that we're going to go into that game with a uh, with a little three game win streak, and and you know hopefully we'll probably be back before that game to preview it a little bit more. Uh, we were both talking about this, but VCU is kind of weird this year. I feel like VCU is just not a notable team, not in that their performance or anything, but they just don't have any stars. Like usually, you know, there's been Travion Graham, Mo Alley Cox, Santos Silva, people you yep. know, and they've got our Bones Highland. They've got this guy, you know, Baldwin, who's a good point guard, but other than yep. that, it's just kind of a, a bunch of other guys that just kind of thrown in there. So I'm not. On paper, I'm not scared of this VCU team, but look, we all know what the rivalry's been the last few years.
1: Yeah, and they've been—I mean, they've been competitive all year. They've lost a couple of close games that they should have won, and you know, they've won some games that they were supposed to lose. So we'll see. Um, hoping to get a little more of an in-depth preview for that VCU game, maybe bring on a, a recurring guest. We'll see what. We'll see oh, what love there. that! Um, yeah, and then hoping—hoping hoping to try to figure out we can get if we can get to the game. It just. You know, it's snuck. It's really just snuck up on me so quick. Like I've been me traveling too. and I've been so busy. I'm like, holy crap! It's next weekend. I think I could probably make it happen. We got to figure out the ticket situation, but if you wanna, you wanna see see your boys in Richmond, hit us up and uh, give us some ideas or hook us up with hook us up with some 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 good good on the side. You know what it is, nil.
0: At the very minimum, we're we're gonna. I mean, I'm gonna go to the Atlantic Ten tournament. And you've got yeah, a place definitely. to stay, but if if you want to go then, and oh, yeah, I, I I've been wanting to go to a Richmond game at home. And, um, you know, it, it might I might not be this one. It might have to wait until, like, I know um, we played Bonaventure at home on, uh, like, Friday the 4th. And then I think we've got, uh, what do we say, Dayton at home and St. Louis at home. And, yeah, I think March, like, 1st, or March yeah, 1st. or Yeah, 1st or at the end 1st. of February and early March. So I definitely want to make one of those happen. Um, but it's going to be big. You know, it's going to be big, like you said. And hopefully we'll see. we get it done.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Next time you hear from us. Maybe we'll be in the top 25 Psych. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Evan, I want you to sign us out, baby. Roll Spide, come on. Yeah, thank
0: you, everybody. Um, let, let's hope we, we come back with a little more positive, uh, positive outlook next time. Roll Spide, hit us up. Front underscore fanatics. Go listen to the podcast we recorded with the other people from Davidson. That was cool. Yeah, we'll,
1: we'll retweet it. It was fun.
0: Yeah, hopefully we can be guests uh, on other podcasts. And yeah, uh, again, if you're still with us here, year two of the reboot, we appreciate you guys. Always hit us up if you want to talk anything. And oh, yeah. uh, we'll be back soon. Roll Spot. Nope.
1: Roll Spot. We're always down to talk, ball, and remember, no billboards yet. Roll Spot. Peace out.
0: Kendall going to take a fadeaway three. It's good, and he fouled. Green set by Jerome. Oh, Anderson, two more. Hands it off the brothers. The long three. He switched it. The fighters have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound, underneath the basket to T.J. Clyde, who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck and Fed shoots. Blah, 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 blah,